listening to the New Century Multiverse, Panther Soul. Chapter 6. Survival of the Fittest. Colonash. It is yesterday. So begins the third of my lives. The city of Leonidas. Lions like to see shows of strength. I am pushed into a small arena with four other catons like me. Each of us looks bewildered aside from one mean-looking and scarred panther named Hren. He is missing part of his ear and has deep scratches all over his body. To my right, a jaguar. To my left, a cheetah. And behind us, clawing at the doorway we were just shoved through, a tiny ocelot. I glare at Hren, and then above us as a crowd of lions gather around, one with a mohawk steps forward. He yells something fierce, and a shorter lion beside him translates into four other dialects. Only two cats need die today, is what I understand. The ones who are the weakest. Let's find out who that is. I glance back at the ocelot, mewing pitifully, its ears flat. It's pretty obvious who the first will be, I shout. This, when translated, ruffles them. We are clearly not supposed to answer back. Finish it quick, Mohawk bellows. From the corner of my eye, I spot Hren begin to move towards the ocelot. I suddenly realize that if I intercept him and we fight, then the jaguar and the cheetah can easily make a move on the weakest. And after that, what? Who is second? What is this? If the lions want a small cat dead, why not just kill her? I dart backwards and reach for the little one, who bolts around the ring. A sudden blood-crazed chase takes place, with five cats darting back and forth. I kick off one of the walls, roll over to the cheetah, who is closing his jaws around the ocelot's back, and barge the attacker aside. I grab the shrieking miniature feline, who rakes at my flesh with sharp claws, while I sweep her away from Hren at her arm's length. I'm trying to save you, you fox-eared asshole! I roar, seizing her by the scruff of the neck, to turn those claws away as the other cats dive for us. You have your pair of weaklings, Mohawk yells from above. I find myself kicking the others away, but Hren hits me hard in the gut. The world deflates as I reel back. That moment was all he needed. The ocelot is torn away from me, and shortly after Hren's rough paws are around my throat, he smashes the back of my skull against the ground, and I see whiteness. Desperately struggling, I claw at his face, but he has done this before and ignores the damage. The cheetah and the jaguar hang back, waiting for this equation to be balanced. The world is going away. Suddenly, two tiny grey paws are in his eyes. The ocelot has leapt on his back, clearly less dead than either of us thought. Ren screams in pain and confusion as I smash a paw up under his chin. Panther keels sideways, blinded, shuddering. I stand and the ocelot hops up my arm and onto my shoulder. Thank you. She whispers in my language. I'm Noah. 
Kill Ren! Mohawk yells. Then this fight is over. I shake my head firmly, folding my arms in abject defiance of this order. <laughs> the Jaguar starts to move in to make the kill, but Mohawk, in absolute disgust, grabs a heavy axe and leaps into the ring, bringing the cruel weapon down on Haren's chest in one cleaving blow. <laughs> Mohawk turns to me, growling. I wait for his axe to move then dodge nimbly to one side. Noah clinging to my shoulder for dear life. Be brave. She urges. But not stupid. You've got quick paws. Mohawk sneers, then bellows to the lions above. Looks like we got ourselves a fast new fighter, but not a killer. No good for this arena. What'd you say we put him to work as a boxer? The lions roar in agreement. This is when his paw lashes out, snatching Noah from me no. and dashing her against the wall. The ocelot's body goes limp immediately. I can feel the burning at my shoulder from where her claws made their final desperate grip. The fight's over when I say it is. Mohawk growls before leaping back up and out. That was the worst period of my life. It was mercifully short, but I cannot imagine a darker fate to be trapped in unto death. And I never, ever forget Noah. I am sold to a fight manager named Landon. I box for the lions. No duel is ever to the death. We are not allowed to use our hind paws, bite or claw. We cannot spring around the ring or climb the turnbuckle. This is their sport, invented in Albion, and the restrictions are what makes it better for them. After the horror of that pit, I am thankful for what they call a gentle cat's game. It is not the least bit gentle. I am pitted against heavy bruisers who have worked on their upper bodies and arms to take and deal out punishment. I am beaten repeatedly and disqualified almost as often for illegal movements. At night I sleep in tiny quarters. By day I train. At least the food is better, as they need my body strong. The other fighters and I are permitted by Langdon to run through the streets of Leonidas to build our stamina providing we wear sashes promoting the next event. Every time I pass their black-coated police, I feel eyes on me and heads turning slowly to watch these outsiders in their midst. I hear their low growls and ignore them. I watch the other fighters and see the differences between the ones who are cheered by their audiences and the ones who aren't. It is not simply a matter of shouting, Lions, we who are about to get our faces beaten to pulp salute you. They are susceptible to flattery, but they enjoy laughter even more. Those combatants who elicit a positive reaction excite the crowd. Beyond that, it is a matter of making them all feel the same thing at the same time. And crucially, 
It is in them knowing that fact on some unconscious level. Even at my young age, I am able to glean that most would rather laugh together, cheer together, even boo together, than be a lone voice in the room experiencing something powerful in their solitude. Some fighters go for broad appeal, boasting to be the strongest or not saying anything, merely looking intimidating and aggressive. I try something. One night I squared off against another panther in the ring. His name is Mount. He's big and silent, no fun at all. I wait and dance a little on the spot, warming up as I beat my paws together before yelling words I have learned in Albies. If I'm gonna do better, if I'm going to topple this mountain, I want you all to help me dig deep. You tell me when he's about to fall. There is a stunned silence, then a ripple of laughter. I spin and get a cheer. That night I win against Mount by doing what I said I was going to. I dig. But at the exact point I feel him bunch down as one blow slips past his elbows and into his solar plexus in a spot he hadn't braced against. I hear the crowd roar. The mountain is falling. I cry as I dance backwards away from him, though it's likely nobody can hear my voice. The panther chases me. But as he starts to tire, I cut off the ring and push him into the corners. But it's the crowd willing him to fall, which takes him down in the end. They call me Flapjaw on account of my big mouth. I am not happy with that name. That fight exhausted me. I got hit too much. I wasn't using my speed. My wits and voice helped me more than my fists. I start to look into ways of applying how I want to move within the restrictions we must abide by. I realize that if I keep reshuffling my legs and put one far forward and the other far back, I can move my upper body every which way extremely fast and fluidly whilst keeping stable. And when they aim a punch at my head, it causes them to overextend as they chase it. I use that. I employ a skipping rope more than any other cat I have seen training, working on my lower body to get faster and faster, more nimble, more responsive. As I go on my daily run, I pass the edge of the forest and spy over the perimeter wall, sunfruit trees, absolutely teeming with monkeys. They screech and caper as I watch them pull faces, intimidate and annoy their competition. If I goad my opponents, if I get under their skin, their blows will be more dangerous, more powerful, but less focused. They will waste energy pushing these hits towards me. I watch bright red hoverbirds darting in and out of flowers, their long beaks allowing them to feed from narrow channels as their tiny wings move in an imperceptible blur. That has to be my darting dance, my precision reach. But I don't want to invest too much power into it. I need that to keep me moving. But what if a long arm, dabbing at my opponent with no intention to harm them, could further increase that rage and frustration? Then they would charge in all the harder, burn themselves more from the inside out. But it's still not enough. I need to have something left to back up all these words. A secret weapon behind all the clowning around. 
This is when I start to get very interested in honey snakes. Not so much how they move. That weaving and sliding is not my style. Too watery. I'm more like those hoverbirds. No, what fascinates me about the golden red-eyed honey snakes is their strike. They flare their mouths, coil up in one super tense muscle trap, and then spring forward so fast and so precisely that they can land a bite before you can even think. Whenever a serpent is sighted, the lions call their coil cats. Jaguar snake specialists who calmly but deliberately close in, taking control of the environment and confronting the hissing reptiles, watching for the telltale signs of that signature lightning-fast lunge. The coil cat's focus is absolute. They never blink, and they counter those strikes with a snap of their own, augmented by a curved dagger that intercepts and obliterates the head, always killing the beast in one swift movement. But what if those honey snakes didn't arrange their bodies in that warning fashion before this? What if they appeared to be resting, but were somehow able to prepare a ferocious attack? I work and work and work on my left snap, with a follow-up from the right which packs serious, explosive force, gathering power with the minimum of signaling. I combine it with a step to the left or the right, not a burst of activity that would throw their guard up. If anything, it appears I am traveling to avoid them. It is to be employed when they are tired and sick of chasing me. When this step seems like the least dangerous thing, they will be working on drawing back to regain just a shred of stamina. Even better, if I just make them overextend and their balance must be regained. And that's when the hit comes, which will take them down. But it cannot only be this formula, this knockout each time. That will make my fights dull to watch, predictable. A chamber where every object has been examined and is always in the same place. No, I must rearrange those objects, hide some, put others where you wouldn't expect them, introduce new ones, make myself a source of constant fascination, keep my opponent guessing, even as I tell him and the rest of the crowd how things will go. The bell rings. I train, I run, I fight, I sleep, I train again. The bell rings. I dance around the arena as they whoop and cheer. The bell rings. My opponents strain and lunge and crash into the mat. The bell rings. These are my yesterdays. The bell rings. I am running. I see Mount shouting in the street as the police push him to the ground. One forces their knee into the back of his neck. Another slams a stick down upon his legs. I am torn for one moment, compelled to just run on by. But I have already slowed. The hell did he do? I shout. Keep running, Flapjaw. One of the police shouts back. I've got good money riding on you tonight, so you'd better be there. The other three turn threateningly towards me as Mount is dragged away. I see his terrified eyes. I feel sick inside. And suddenly the street is enormous. There is no end to it. That night I am up against a hulking orange and red tiger named Roach. 
they have danced and won a dozen times in recent yesterdays, felling everyone who stood in my way. The crowd are all here to see me do the same again. I think about how much money they have collectively bet on me winning. I scan their faces for the police, and sure enough, spot them to the western side of the ring. I'm gonna give this cat a pasting he'll never forget. I cry out in Albies. I'll glue him to the mat. He'll be stuck so hard you'll have to scrape him off with a big old spatula. The crowd roars as I swagger. I look across at Roach with a smirk. I'm gonna punch your mouth shut. He growls. Or fucking fight me, you piece of shit. I let him destroy me. This is not a fight. I make a pretense of dodging and weaving until I can see a less powerful blow coming and I let it hit me. He beats me so hard I can barely hear by the end. I lie on the floor as the count of ten finishes up and the final bell rings, accompanied by a colossal roar of dismay. Through teeth slathered in blood, I grin and murmur to myself. <laughs> Fuck all of you. The scene afterwards is ugly. I am pelted with gambling stubs as my master, Langdon, hurries me out back to the locker rooms and secures the door. What the hell was that? Roach was well prepared. He glares down. Look at you, shameful loser! You're more trouble than you're worth to me now! Every single fight has a loser. Sometimes more than one. Yeah, but this was one you were absolutely supposed to win! We've been talking it up for weeks! You bet on me? Damn right I bet on you! Well, I'm sorry. But your faith was misplaced. I ensure that this Albiz is perfectly arranged so as not to mistranslate. Not simply the sounds of the words, but how I say them. Langdon stares at me, and then goes to open the side door out into the alley. A lion with a red mane comes walking in and stands over me before crouching down to study the shape I'm in. That was quite a beatdown, young sport. He got in a lucky hit. That's for certain, though I'm not sure who was luckiest. I sniff and look into his eye, a flash of defiant fire in my own. Two weeks ago, when you fought Jonah, you shouted something about some kind of jaguar god. Hmm, Pax. Yeah, you said you were going to make him vomit blood like Pax. Yeah. That's one creepy motherfucking god. Didn't think any of you lions would catch that. I was just saying it to him. I was ringside. But then last week, when you fought that fast little bugger... A cheetah, yeah. Damask. You called him Muff Debt. Said his hide wouldn't protect him from your snake bites. <laughs> you got good ears. Absolutely I do. How do you know all these gods and goddesses? I got mythology in my veins. He stands and names a price. And just like that, Langdon conveys me over to a new owner. I am allowed to retrieve my bag and bring some clothes, and then I am ejected from the boxing commission. Who you need me to fight for you? I murmur as I walk through the darkened streets with Maximus, 
the two of us avoiding all crowds. You gonna put me in the ring? Cause that might be a bad bet, old lion. I don't need you to fight anyone. I want an assistant. Somebody to walk you around the city, a bodyguard? No, I'm thinking a little farther afield. I was after someone strong, obviously. You qualify. They're stronger. And fast. I'm definitely that. Cunning, daring, able to make split-second decisions. Again, plenty of quick and smart lions out there. Why'd you pick someone who could be punchy and let you down? He smiles. Because... I need someone with mythology in their veins. Were you named Flapjaw at birth? Those sound like bad parents. Don't talk about my parents. Fine, but is that your preferred name? Hell no, your people slapped it on me. Well, enough of that elephant shit, then. Can you remember what your name was before they caught you? What if I can't? I ask sullenly, trying to hide all of my burning interest in where this is leading. What you gonna call me, then? I'm not. You pick a name. For real? As long as it's not Pax. He gives me the willies. I smile at this, and my mind runs along the possibilities. I delve far back into antiquity and pull a name from the long yesterday. Colo Nash. Ah, panther demigod, worshipped by the southern tribes. Ally of the fire lion and emissary of the Sumerian great tigers. Did you pick him because of his speed? His wits. I got an abiding fascination for trickster guards. That much is obvious. I saw you leave your left side wide open tonight. Was it worth the pain despite that crowd? Best thing I've ever done. So ends the third of my lives. You have been listening to episode six of Panther Soul. Survival of the Fittest, written, edited, and directed by Alexander Shaw. Colo Nash and Mohawk, performed by Alex Shaw. Noah, performed by Holly Dodson. Copper, performed by Name Chibiti. Rauch, performed by Marty Hui. Langdon, performed by Kevin Paculan. And Maximus, performed by Spencer Lieb. Make your decision by Dan Philipson of Shockwave Sound. Panther Soul theme, Zard, composed and performed by Jason Bradley Livesey of Shockwave Sound. Lovely Turkish Hagia Sophia by ALD Music. Vadodora, One Sly Move and Whimsy Groove, composed and performed by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com. Aftermath, Shuttle Crash, and Mega City Slums, Ambience, from Tabletop Audio. The New Century Multiverse is funded by Patreon. And our $15 sponsors get credit every episode, so thank you to Aaron Lecluse, Abel Savard, Alex Brewington, Angus Lee, Benjamin Hoffer, Brian Novak, Cassandra Newman, Chris Finnick, Christopher Wolfe, Kieran Dashler, Connor Kennedy, Dan Mayer, Daniel Salguero, Dan Hepner, Dave Hickman, David Sheely, Finbar Nicole, Frankie Punzi, Greg Downing, Jameis Enright, Jesse Ferguson, Joe Crow, Joel Robinson, Johan Clayson, Joe G, Josh Waster, Kat Esman, Kevin Vahey, Lorraine Chisholm, Matthew A. Siebert, Matthew Webb, Michael Hasco, Robbie Crow, Sarah Montgomery, Tima Hellas Hario, 
Tim Rosensky, Timothy Green, Toby Jungius, Tom Painter, Trey Contreras, and Valencia Burns. For the maximum New Century Multiverse experience, you need to be checking out the podcast Through the Wind Door, where Greg Downing and Toby Skills Jungius talk us through each story like a book club and go into mind-boggling depth. I don't know about you, but I like having my mind boggled. They're currently up to Steamheart. And if you want to read the entirety of Panthersoul right now, it is available in a gorgeous paperback on Amazon.com. Alternately, you can support this project for $10 on Patreon and get access to all the New Century eBooks and audiobooks.